listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Well, 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 what a week in Chicagoland professional wrestling and even all around the world. We have so much to talk about. Let's get into it. But real quick, first, special guest for this week, we have the Frontline Pro Champion, Coda Jacobs. And he'll be in town later this week with Frontline Pro on Saturday night in Midlothian. We will get into that in just a little bit. Coda Jacobs on the show today. Let's get right to AEW Rampage. Last Friday night at the United Center, CM Punk is all elite. Yes, he is. After nearly a seven and a half year absence from professional wrestling, CM Punk returned in front of his adoring, faithful Chicago fans, about 20,000 or so at United Center. He even did a dive into the crowd as he was coming down the aisle. That was insane. And the the pop he got, the noise he got, he is definitely charismatic. He's a guy that Chicago loves. I mean, I equate it to fans of Chicago sports teams, like Chicago Cubs, Chicago Bears, the Chicago White Sox. All these teams in town have such a rabid and passionate and loyal fan base. And CM Punk has done the same thing in terms of professional wrestling with the Chicagoland audience. So very excited to see Punk in AEW. He's now swimming in AEW's big swimming pool. He will face Darby Allen at All Out on September the 5th at the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates. So that'll be his first match in AEW. Should be an exciting one for sure. Also during that rampage at the United Center, there was a taping for the Tuesday Night AEW Dark YouTube episode Tons of Chicago and Midwest independent talents will be on Tuesday night. Just some of the names include Robert Ego Anthony, Laney Luck, GPA, Cal Hero, Sierra, and Heather Reckless. So you can catch that show with a lot of those local talents on AEW's YouTube channel starting this Tuesday night. Don't miss that. And of course, this past weekend was also WWE SummerSlam weekend. With SummerSlam Saturday night at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, the Raiders' new stadium, as well as NXT TakeOver 36 at the Capitol Wrestling Center in Orlando on Sunday night. My top moments of the weekend from SummerSlam weekend are as follows. Roman Reigns retaining the WWE Universal title over John Cena. Solid main event. I really enjoyed it. Lots of false finishes. The crowd was really into it. Roman Reigns continues his dominance and goes on into the future. And then Brock Lesnar comes back. Interesting dichotomy there, since Paul Heyman is Roman Reigns' special counsel and used to be the agent for Brock Lesnar. So 
I'm going to be interested to see how the whole Paul Heyman equation comes into this with Brock back now. And it seems like Brock's going to be the baby face in this deal too. So we'll see what Roman and Brock will bring us down the line. I have a feeling it's going to be in Saudi Arabia in October because for whatever reason, they get all the WrestleMania caliber matches. Edge and Seth Rollins was a really fun match as well. Really enjoyed Edge coming out to the Brood music before they switched to Metalingus, which is his regular theme by Alter Bridge. Really, really cool touch. And Becky Lynch replaced Sasha Banks and won the SmackDown Women's Championship over Bianca Belair in less than a minute. Wow, I did not expect a total squash. But I guess when you have the element of surprise with Becky coming back, Bianca obviously not prepared for her, you know, maybe that kind of makes sense. So I kind of like seeing Becky Lynch back. Obviously, now she's on SmackDown with her husband, Seth Rollins. TakeOver 36 on Sunday, another solid show, but it may be the last in this era of NXT before the higher-ups and the geniuses in Stamford revamp the format of NXT. Samoa Joe beat Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship. Strong main event, hard-hitting. Ilya Dragunov beating Walter to win the NXT UK Championship definitely lived up to its billing. Really awesome match. Walter almost 900 days as NXT UK Champion. Absolutely unheard of in this era. Terrific run for him. Yet another great match between Dragunov and Walter. Where does Walter go from here? And the Kyle O'Reilly Adam Cole Three stages of hell, two out of three fall match, whatever you want to call it. Another great match in their series. Kyle O'Reilly goes over. Adam Cole's future maybe up in the air. Looks like he's done with NXT. Will he show up on the WWE main roster on either Raw or SmackDown? Or will he become All Elite with AEW? Time will tell and we may find out sooner than later. All right, flipping the dial over to local news, Warrior Wrestling. The last installment of the stadium series was last Saturday night, August 21st, in Chicago Heights. Was supposed to be outside. The 50% chance of inclement weather and the rate, the shaky radar. They decided to move the show inside, back to the gym. Their first inside show for Warrior Wrestling since February of 2020. And the big match from that show, the one everybody's talking about, New Japan Pro Wrestling Superstar and Never Open Weight Champion, Jay White defeats the Warrior Wrestling staple, Sam Adonis. This was a terrific match, hard-hitting, strong style. Sam can just do whatever he wants. He adjusts to opponents very well. Jay White gets the victory. And now take a listen to an exclusive soundbite from Windy City Slam, from Sam Adonis, from this past Saturday night. Oh, I've been I've been a huge supporter of Jay White this whole time. A lot of people don't know that I actually spent a lot of time with him before his New Japan run. Uh, we worked in the same company in the United Kingdom called All Star Wrestling. I wrestled him in probably 10 or 12 different matches, including a singles match in London. And just, uh, you know, I couldn't be happier for his success. He's done great things, you know, I'm proud of him as a friend, and I'm really excited for this opportunity tonight because, you know, he's got all the eyes on the world on him, which means a few more eyes can be on me. 
Also, we have recent AEW signee Thunder Rosa. She defeats Kylie Ray to win the Warrior Wrestling Women's Championship. So, great news for fans of Thunder Rosa in the Chicago area. We will definitely be seeing her back at Warrior Wrestling. It was a terrific match up and back. Fans cheering for both. Thunder Rosa is definitely one of the best women's wrestlers in the world today. And now she adds the Warrior Wrestling Championship to her list of accomplishments. Warrior Wrestling Champion Trey Gal defeats Jake Something in the main event as a result of a submission. And then we had Warrior Lucha Champion Aramis. He defeats Mystery Iguana. But Aramis looked like he was a little bit shaken up, a little bit injured at the end. So hopefully he'll be okay. Uh, kind of got helped out a little bit. Mr. Iguana, really unique character. It was a great clash of styles between the two luchadors. And a bit of a stunner for me, Casey Navarro pulls off the victory in the GMSI Challenge for the Contenders Medallion. And now Casey Navarro can cash that in for a future championship match against the Warrior Wrestling Champion at the time of his choosing. So Navarro outlasts Brian Cage, TJP, Dante Martin, Allen Five Angels of the Dark Order, and Chandler Hopkins of Palais Pro Wrestling. And I'll tell you, one of the guys that really stood on in this match was Chandler Hopkins. I mean, the guy was flying around everywhere, doing all kinds of stuff, bumping around, high-flying moves. And that's not to say none of the other guys were great, because they were, and we know more about those guys than we do about Chandler. But Hopkins really came in, did a great job. He really looked like he belonged in this group of athletes. Terrific match. And Casey Navarro gets the win. Other matches included the Dark Order's Evil Uno defeating Jason Hotch. And in a match I really enjoyed, a really fun, hard-hitting, a little bit of comedic match. Lots of high-flying for Warhorse. Warhorse defeats Beastman following several top rope elbows. And now Beastman talked a little bit about this match that he was really, really excited about. Before the show on Saturday night, here's Beastman from Saturday Night, an exclusive from Windy City Slam. Knowing the guy I'm working with tonight, Warhorse, ruler of ass, but I'm kicking his ass because he hasn't <laughs> faced the husk yet. So it's going to be fun. Uh, I mean, fun. It's going to be a hard hitting, ass whooping. Uh, I'm going to throw his ass around. I'm going to go off the top rope, give him the uh, $9 waffle, which that's a story for the podcast for another time. <laughs> and we get to one, two, three. And that's just the way it is. Warhorse, you might be the roller ass, but like I said, the husk is coming to kick your ass. Who's the husk? Who's the husk? Who's the husk? <sighs> also, we had Cole Radrick defeating Isaiah Velasquez in a really fun back and forth technical style match. And finally, AEW's Marco Stunt defeats. The really strange and macabre Jackson Crowley. So he comes in out on the stage with this like really kind of morbid, ugly horse mask, takes it off. He has a look reminiscent to an Aleister Black, at least the Aleister Black character that they were going to do on SmackDown before he got released by WWE and showed up in AEW as Malachi Black. But Jackson Crowley um, took it to Marco early. It was a fun, entertaining match. Great storytelling. Marco did some of his 
fighting from underneath, his underdog type of wrestling, and a whole lot of fun. Marco pulls out the victory. Great time at Warrior Wrestling this past weekend. And one more show I want to touch upon before we head on to our guest, Chicago Style Wrestling's to Hell and Back. That was last Friday night, August the 20th, in Franklin Park at the American Legion 974. And unfortunately, they had the very difficult task of trying to go up against AEW's Rampage. And to CSW's credit, they did a great job, as usual, with their show. And here's a quick recap of that show. Special thanks to CSW General Manager Steve Arendt. Adam Stallion last eliminated Joey Mayberry to win the Futures Battle Royal, which helped Stallion earn a match against Sky Blue later in the evening, and Sky Blue won that match. That was not supposed to be the original Sky Blue match. We will get to that in just a second. Fit Capri defeated Jake from Wrestling, Saban Gage, AJ Flyer, and Max Volume in a five-man scramble. Then we had two young studs, Mario Pardoa, defeating Jax Johnson. Then in tag team action, the Dope Kings, that's CSW champion Filth King Brubaker, and his running buddy CJ Esparza from the Bloomington Normal area, they defeat the Burning, Cypher and Nick Cutler. After the match, the Burning attacked the Dope Kings, and Burning member Vic Capri comes out, turns on the Burning, hitting them with a candlestick, Cutler very upset, furiously swearing revenge, and then Capri turned to Brubaker, put the locker room on notice, and says, I respect you, but I still want my belt. So former champion Vic Capri still wants his title from the Filth King. So we think we might see another classic between those two down the line. The Bruce Brothers, Steve Boz and TJ Steele, beat the debuting team of The Big Mood, then that's Jack Moody and Mateo Valentine in a non-title match. After the match, CNC Destruction came and just beat the heck out of everybody. Steve Arendt then books the Bruce Brothers against CNC in a tag team titles match next month at CSW, and it's a tables match. Then we turn to Joey Avalon defeating Conan Lycan with an unseen low blow. Six-man tag team action, Hades X1X, Huntsman Jay Marston, and Ryan Matthews defeat the threesome of Axel Rico, Jake Painter, and Garrison Creed. And in the main event, Marche Rocket defeats Acid Jazz in the three stages of hell. Match one, Jazz purposely got disqualified in the straight-up wrestling match, which that gives Marche a 1-0 lead. Then in match two, the no DQ, Jazz won that match to even it up at one. And in the I Quit Match, Match 3, after Marche taped Jazz to a chair, he kept pouring Nestle Quit Powder into Jazz's mouth, and Jazz uttered the words, I quit. So, crazy main event once again for CSW. The big announcement at the end of the show, for CSW's next show on September the 17th, since the scheduled three-way Women's Championship ladder match did not take place due to both Sierra and Heather Reckless being at AEW at the United Center. We have the champion Sky Blue against Sierra against Heather Reckless and an extra added bonus, Billy Starks added to the match. It will be a four-way ladder match for the CSW Women's Championship on September the 17th. Real quick, a couple of events to 
of note in the Chicago area this weekend. Freelance Underground will have their double shot of IWTV tapings. That's Friday and Saturday night at Church Street Brewing Company in Itasca. Plus, Frontline Pro Show in Midlothian will be Saturday night. And we'll get into that a lot more with our guest this week in a few minutes, Go to Jacobs. And for more events, check out WindyCitySlam.com. Click on Calendar of Events for a listing of shows in the Chicago area, Northeast Illinois, Northwest Wisconsin, and Southeast Wisconsin, as well as the big boys. All right, that was a whole lot of mouthful for local wrestling this week. Coming up in mere moments, he's bringing his campaign to Windy City Slam, Coda Jacobs. Stay tuned. Check out WindyCitySlam.com for news, analysis, photo galleries, and links for Chicago and independent wrestling, plus stories on the big boys such as AEW, WWE, and Impact Wrestling. Also, while you're there, catch up on the latest episodes of Windy City Slam Podcast. All right, back here on the Windy City Slam Podcast, I am so very excited to have a first-time guest on the show this week. He's bringing his campaign to the Chicago area this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, the current reigning and defending Frontline Pro champion, Coda Jacobs. How are you doing tonight, sir? Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm good. I'm well. All right. So um, this weekend, we'll get into the show real quick. It's Frontline Pros. This means war, and it's Saturday night, August the 28th. It'll be at Bremen Heights Park at the Midlothian Park District in Midlothian, Illinois. That's a south suburb of Chicago. Bell time is 7 o'clock. And real quick, here's the lineup of the show. We have ACR versus The System, Players Club against Culture Nation. The KOC Championship match will be Rockin' Rivera, the champion, taking on Joey Dalton. Then we have Quinn Wittock against Humek. Gavin P.I. McCoy, who is the son of Frontline pro promoter Ben McCoy, he'll be taking on a local Chicago area product, Matt DeWar. And then two local Chicago products, guys that I really enjoy watching, Joe Alonzo from the South Suburbs and the veteran ice pick, Vic Capri. And in the match we'll be talking about here in just a second, it'll be Frontline pro champion, Coda Jacobs, against the Wisconsin Professional Wrestling or WPW champion, Jared Jacks. So... Coda, you have this title for title match. Are both titles on the line here? Or is it just kind of an exhibition between two champions? Yeah, not to my knowledge. No title is on the line. It's just a champion versus champion exhibition showcase. Uh, perhaps two, two of the finest in the state of Wisconsin. It's exciting to bring it to the Chicago area to demonstrate how we do it. Just a little up north. Yep. And two very, very deserving champions. I don't know if I'm out of line speaking for myself, but I know I worked hard to get to where I am now. And I imagine the same is true for Mr. Jack. So a lot of pride and a lot of bragging rights, certainly on the line in that one. Two very good competitors within uh, the Wisconsin promotions we've mentioned, Frontline, as well as Wisconsin Professional Wrestling, WPW in the Green Bay area. So very, very much looking forward to that. So have you worked around the Chicago area before for any of the independent promotions? The last time I did anything Chicago was just one quick 
stint uh, at the Berwyn Eagles Club, and that was within my first year involved in pro wrestling. And it feels like an eternity ago, certainly, but that's the only time I have done Chicago area and then a couple couple uh, stops in Rockford mm-hmm. a couple of years back as well. Other than that, I think that's my only the only time that the Illinois, the greater Illinois population has gone to see me. So be excited to be back in the Chicago area and show them what Coda Jacobs and a brighter future in wrestling is truly all about. It has certainly evolved since the last time I was uh, in the area. Yeah, what promotion did you work for uh, when you were at Berwyn? I'm wondering. That was BCW, ah. Berwyn Championship Wrestling. And that was, that'd be probably 20, 2018, if I recall. Sounds about right. I think that's when they came to be. So that makes sense. Yep. So um, how long have you been wrestling? It'll be, uh, well, actually it is now four years since I began my training in June of 2017, so we're just slightly over four years since I officially began. And, uh, of course, coming out of the Academy School of Professional Wrestling under Ken Anderson and Sean Navari in Minneapolis, as well as um, additional teachers, Eric Cannon and Aria Davari before he uh, went on the road and got heavily involved. I was able to get a lot of work in as well with Aria, so... Uh, very, very pleased with my upbringing, if we want to call it that, mm-hmm. the tutelage that I've been under. So, uh, yeah, it's been four years since then. Of course, we are resuming operations for the Academy coming up very shortly here, I believe, uh, as of September 1st, after a, a long hiatus, as have many things. But it'll be exciting for us to kind of get back up and in the swing of things. Hopefully we have a, a good class ready and anxious and excited to get started on September 1st. So um, you describe yourself as a political visionary paving the way for a brighter future in wrestling. Now tell yes. me a little bit about the campaign gimmick and where that all came from. You know, I don't necessarily know what really sparked the idea I would say essentially just thinking of really just trying to be outside the box also is engaging and uh, relatable for the audience. Um, Of course, in a socio-political climate like we have today, wherever you turn and wherever you look, uh, (laughs) it's, it's probably thought of as uh, perhaps a career suicide move to really try to do a persona such as that. But uh, what I've discovered is uh, obviously the key is to never actually get down in the weeds of current events and sociopolitical issues. The key is the presentation, the mannerisms, the undertones give the whole appearance of what you would expect a campaign, an actively campaigning politician to look like 
or how a actively campaigning politician would behave on the campaign trail. So Coda Jacobs is always campaigning for what the who, what, when, where, and why of it is never actually really <laughs> definitively explained. It's very ambiguous, mm-hmm. but that's part of it. He's on the campaign trail. He's 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 working towards a destination. What is the destination? It changes. It's it's fluid. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is the ultimate goal? Perhaps Coda Jacobs doesn't exactly know himself, but he discovers it on the way. We already have the Frontline Pro Championship, so I guess that's maybe step one of maybe a more... I would, I would say that's a pretty significant step of the process. I would, I would consider that pretty significant. Mm-hmm. So you live in the Twin Cities, and you mentioned Ken Anderson, Sean Navari, Eric Cannon, Arya Davari. What's it like training under guys that have WWE and, and Impact Wrestling experience? I think it's certainly a, a huge feather in the cap, so to speak, to uh, study under guys that have made it to the pinnacle or certainly kind of the highest highs, because essentially you figure that most people that get involved in training for professional wrestling, and there are various different goals and uh, accomplishments that people want to uh, attain when they get involved in wrestling. They may just want to do it. You know, maybe their dream is to just be kind of the lo- a local talent and they want to do it. Just like for me, I initially know in my mind, initially I was thinking, I just want to do it to almost prove to myself that perhaps I'm capable of doing it. Cause as many, I'm, I've always been a lifetime fan of professional wrestling, but for those whose ultimate goal is to, you know, or they aspire to make it to a major organization, whether national or international, whatever it might be. It's, it's almost a, you know, imperative that you learn or you really pick the brain of someone that has been there, whether it be years back or very recently, and you get to really understand what you need to accomplish in order to put yourself in the best position to uh, uh, reach that level. So when we hear it directly from guys that have been right there and sat in those seats and been in those meetings and, you know, heard it from those agents and et cetera, et cetera, they, they know exactly what the situation is in the big organizations, how they conduct business in the big organizations, what you as a talent and a performer need to bring to the table uh, in the big organization. So it's, it's certainly, uh, certainly a huge attribute to have certainly in a training background. And we were, we were fortunate enough to have, you know, not only with Ken and Sean and Aria, certainly Ken's very well versed and done much, uh, but we also had Molly Holly for, a good amount of time as well. So we have five huge voices in the room or like five huge influences. They're just under one roof, under one academy. And again, this is referring back to when I began back in 2017, but that's just huge to have not just one or two, but five 
crucial influences there that can give you the right idea. If your goal is to make it to a big organization, there's five people there that can give you the blueprint. Mm -hmm. Excellent pedigree there. Um, was there a seminal moment in your life? Like, okay, this is kind of what I want to do. This is how I'm, this is the day. This is the moment that convinced you to get into professional wrestling. I would say just kind of a, a transitional period of time in which I thought to myself, you know, it's, it's a now or never kind of moment. I had just finished my four-year degree uh, at one of uh, a state school in Minnesota. So I was just coming out of my identity in, you know, the college. I was just leaving school and theoretically now heading towards workforce or getting involved in my career, what I went to school for. So it was right in that transitional period of time where everything's very fluid and you have a little bit of breathing room. Do you necessarily go right into the job or do you kind of, you, you take that one last breath before you really, you know, dive in to the real world. Um, and that just happened to be when the Academy really started its operations. Uh, so it was just ideal timing, right? As I finished school and I was in that transitional period, the Academy was really uh, getting its legs underneath and getting momentum and the stars aligned in that way. And I, just figured to myself, you know, once you get a job or you really start to settle into the real world lifestyle here, opportunity or your ability to chase this dream or work towards this goal is not going to be there. So I took the plunge at that time, just right after college, because I figured this it's an hour never kind of situation. I got to take this chance on myself now before I before it gets too far down the road and it's way too late and way too much in the rear view mirror by that point. Obviously you had a, a keen interest in professional wrestling. Uh, they kind of, kind of pointed you toward that. Um, what really was your influence in terms of pro wrestling? Uh, I know, I know at least from what I can recall the most, I think I started to really, start watching specifically just WWF WWE right at about the turnover to 2000, right at about the turn of the millennium, I think is when I really started to watch. And I vividly remember my first WrestleMania viewing was uh, WrestleMania 2000, WrestleMania 16. And that one it's, it's sometimes, you know, history has <laughs> painted as not one of the better WrestleManias, but for me, it's always very special. I just remember it vividly as the first one I, really experienced so i grew up really getting uh, just watching wwf wwe early 2000s is really when i did the most i guess of my viewership as a young kid uh no wcw by that point obviously was not not much going on in the world with wcw by that point so i kind of missed that whole thing but i also love just going back now too and i love studying the, the portions of professional wrestling history that was before the time in which I had started to watch and, you know, retroactively getting, getting all this knowledge about pro wrestling and uh, certainly love studying the nineties and the Monday night war is one of my favorite topics, but um, yeah, just like I would say pretty average, boring answer, but I like many other kids as many other young boys growing up at seven, eight years old, 
once you stumble upon it, it's just, it's larger than life and you just can't help but get immersed <laughs> in watching professional wrestling. And I, yeah, I remember the early 2000s, boy, I was nuts. I had the huge, I'm sure as many did, the huge totes full of figures yep. <laughs> and two or three of the, of the toy rings. And I was one of the belt collectors with I had all the toy belts. If they were putting out a, a new belt or a new toy belt in the toy section, I needed to have them all. <laughs> <laughs> so just you- your very standard young boy growing up and getting caught up in the glitz and glamor of pro wrestling. Yeah. So you usually work around the Twin Cities and in Wisconsin. Um, and I met you personally over at GLCW back in March. That was the Val Venus show up in Cedarburg. And you were involved, I believe, in a right. six-man tag. It was you, uh, Ryan, and Jeff Luxon against the, the three second-generation guys. Uh, that was a whole lot of fun. Uh, what was it like wrestling against the, that threesome? Inter- I, I didn't really think I didn't think of it in that regard. That's interesting. I guess that is true. Yeah, the three second generation guys. Of course, that one's always fun. Uh, Dakota Jacobs Cal Hero saga dates back till 2018 is when that first really began. Coda Jacobs and Cal Hero rubbing up against each other in GLCW. So. Uh, anytime it's Coda Jacobs staring eye to eye with Cal Hero, it's it's electric at Circle B in Cedarburg. So I always always take pleasure in an opportunity to just grab a handful of those curls and just squeeze tight and then toss Cal Hero around a little bit in front of his hometown fans. There's really nothing more satisfying as a professional than that. and it was my first time uh being in there with ryan cross jeff luxon so it's uh enjoyable to work with them as well of course they've been around the block themselves for many many years and they could certainly tell me a thing or two about a thing or two so always (laughs) good to uh have have veteran experience like that flanking you on each side in a match like that yeah. Speaking of you and Cal Hero, um, both of you guys have been working regular dates for Ohio Valley Wrestling. So what's it like going down to Louisville and working with Al Snow and people like that? I really enjoy just really getting a good education in uh, the business of the wrestling business down there and, and the the art that is television in terms of pro wrestling, putting on a television product as opposed to just what's happening in within the ropes, in the ring, like what else all goes on to create a television product. And that's really what you get a great experience uh, with OVW down there. And I like to think of it honestly in a way like, of course, I have no firsthand knowledge of it, but I can only assume the way in which Al Snow likes to visualize and how he likes to run the ovw product it it just makes me kind of think like i bet this is kind of how it goes on the on the national scale this is how it plays out in the wwe office or you know you name it any of the big organizations i just kind of picture 
this must be how like this is the structure of how television is produced even at the high level and um i think it's a great experience for certainly young guys like myself to get that experience early because again if your goal if your end game is to try to make it to a big organization it's certainly does not hurt to have television wrestling experience under your belt and know how television operate television wrestling operates as opposed to just independent wrestling and a house show format mm-hmm. so knowing how knowing how tv wrestling works is certainly a very good attribute to have as a as a young wrestler learning and Cal, of course, resides down there in Louisville these days. I'm still up north here, but yeah, I try to certainly be a presence at OVW as much as I uh, possibly can. And every time I'm down there, a microphone ends up in my hand. It just keeps playing out that way. A microphone ends up in my hand. So I best say a few words and enlighten the, and uh, influence the hearts and minds of the OVW loyal constituents. So basically you had made a decision to jump into pro wrestling just out of college. And now is it, is this more than just a detour for you in life? Is this something you think you can break through and, and go into maybe an AEW an impact the WWE slash NXT? You know, I really can't definitively say what I envision as the ultimate end game, but I just know that I continuously want to challenge myself and I just want to continuously get better and improve my own work and uh, continue to aspire to working with uh, even greater and greater talent that can challenge me and test my skills and make me work harder. Hopefully bigger organizations continue to take notice of that. Be the best Coda Jacobs that I can be. Uh, Once again, this weekend, Frontline Pros, This Means War, Saturday night, August 28th. Midlothian Park District, Midlothian, Illinois. It'll be the Frontline Pro Champion, Coda Jacobs, against the WPW Champion, Jared Jacks. Now, if people haven't seen Jared Jacks, what kind of style does he bring? I'll certainly say that Jared Jacks probably possesses a lot more high-flying and agility uh, type of abilities than I, Coda Jacobs, do. But I certainly feel that I have the strength advantage to Jared Jacks, and I, I would certainly say uh, Coda Jacobs is a bit more cunning than Mr. Swagnificent Jared Jacks. I always have a trick or two or three up my sleeve. The thing is, Coda Jacobs is always the smartest person in the ring. Other things could be debated, and I'm pretty good at debates, but Coda Jacobs is always the smartest person in the ring and he is always thinking one step ahead maybe a campaign sign to the back of the head while the ref's not looking i don't know what you're referring to that doesn't sound like something i would ever do (laughs) that doesn't that doesn't make any sense all right then um one more thing before we let you go so go ahead and promote your social media and any upcoming events you have in the near future Yes, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is where you can find everything Coda Jacobs. I am on all my platforms daily. Facebook, simply at Coda Jacobs. Twitter, at Coda Jacobs underscore. And then on Instagram, at Coda Jacobs Wrestling. 
I'm checking daily. I or I should I should say I check in daily, and I'm always trying to uh, let everyone know where uh, the campaign for a brighter future in wrestling is on the move towards next. Uh, in the very near future, here, of course, yep, we will be in Midlothian this coming Saturday. Of course, very excited for that. Uh, ahead of that, one night before that, WPW up in the Green Bay area, specifically Manitowoc on Friday night, just ahead of Frontline on Saturday evening. Uh, probably going to take the holiday weekend off after that. Recoup, relax, enjoy the Labor Day weekend, and then from there back down at RCCW Lacrosse, Wisconsin for the annual River Rumble event. That is Friday, September 10th. And then... Uh, probably the next big one, just kind of thinking September in general. I will certainly be down at OVW within the next couple of weeks. Every couple of weeks, you'll see me down there. So continue to watch OVW Thursday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central on the Fight app. Download the Fight app if you do not have so already. And uh, the other big one I'm looking forward to, the news just dropped today, Monday. Uh, this will be for Central Empire Wrestling, Otumwa, Iowa for their annual Bridge City Slam, huge event that they do annually, unfortunately, last year. Actually, we did get last year. It was uh, in January of 2020, so we were able to squeeze it in last year. Um, but it is their big annual event. This year will be the third annual Bridge City Slam with Central Empire, and it was just announced today. There, there is a potential that Coda Jacobs may cease to exist after September 18. No one to stay in my lane and... Uh, Anyone that knows Barbarian, if they were a gambling man, probably wouldn't put money on me in this one. All right. That Barbarian match should be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward It'll to hearing. It'll be something, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> looking forward to hearing fun, some. Fun. It depends on who you're referring to fun. But. <laughs> <laughs> looking to see what you have up your sleeve that night and uh, see if you survive that one. I'm, I'm curious to see if I survive it as well. That might change your mind on what you want to do for a living after that. <laughs> yeah. Keeping the schedule open after September 18th, I guess. TBD. <laughs> All right, Coda Jacobs, uh, looking forward to seeing you rise in the business more, uh, keeping up your campaign and maybe making it to the big time one day, the, the big oval office of Adobe. Only time will tell. Yep. Only time will tell. But Coda Jacobs and the campaign for a brighter future in wrestling are still alive and well and progressing forward beautifully. All right. Fun interview with Coda Jacobs. Don't forget to check him out with Frontline Pro this weekend in Midlothian, Saturday night. Should be a fun show from the Wisconsin-based Frontline Pro organization. All right. Next week, we're still working on a guest. There's some possibilities in the pipeline, but for sure, we'll be talking about yet another huge week in Chicago professional wrestling including AEW's all-out pay-per-view. See you next week, everybody. So long.